welcome to another episode of the Aquatic Mentors podcast. I'm your host Katrina Van Eyck and I've got another fantastic episode for you again today. In today's episode I'd interview an industry professional who is relatively fresh to the industry this time but is already making a big impact for swimming in country Victoria. So please extend a big welcome to the podcast for Josh Borella. Josh began his swimming career in the learn to swim environment where his parents helped him make the change into competitive swimming. His achievements to date in the pool include state level swims. At the young age of 13, Josh took over the coaching role with his local club in Madura under the watchful eye of his learn to swim teacher and coach, Ben Talent. He has now moved to the head coach of the club and has dedicated his time with the club to developing and expanding it. Josh has now continued his strong relationship with his old coach and works with him as a swim teacher for First Stroke Swim School in Majuria. In 2020, Josh took on the role as manager of programs with Sunraiser Academy of Sport allowing him to continue his role developing the Majura Swimming Club and also a number of other junior sporting clubs in the Majura area by offering opportunities for the athletes to expand their knowledge and skills in their chosen sport. Joss has achieved a diploma in sport and his development level coaching qualification through ASTA and I believe he will make a massive impact on the world of swimming both here in Victoria and Australia-wide as he grows and matures in this amazing sport. Through today's episode, Josh shares some insights into his work as well as his thoughts on swimming in Australia and where he sees swimming moving to into the future. If you have any hidden gems that you find in Josh's interview, and I think there is quite a few, please share them on our Facebook page, Aquatic Mentors, and you'll also find his contact details listed in the show notes. If you want to share your aquatic story with us, please contact me via my email, regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. That's regionalswimclinics at outlook.com. I love to share your aquatic journey with our audience and our audience is now ranging across a number of countries. So I was looking at my statistics last night and I found on there that we are now sharing our information with the United States, Canada, United Kingdom, South Africa, New Zealand, Singapore, the Republic of Korea, Ireland and a number of other places. So hello to our swim teachers and coaches from those countries that I listed. Amazing to have you on board and listening to this podcast. I never thought I would make it across the world, but it's fantastic that we can share the journeys of people from around the world. And I hope you're getting a lot out of it. And also check out our website, aquaticmentors.com.au for our Aquatic Mentors Season 1 ebook. So I put together our common answers that we had over the interviews for Season 1 and I've developed a great ebook on that. So I would love to hear your thoughts. So definitely check it out. Let me know what you think. And let's jump in and find out more about Josh's journey in swimming. So, Josh, how did you start your journey in swimming? When I was growing up, I lived in a very, very little town, probably about 30 minutes from Mildura in Curla, it's called, uh, which is in New South Wales. Literally nothing there at all, apart from a creek, <laughs> which is on the back of our, um, we had a 30-acre property. So, obviously, 
with the water behind there, you know, parents decided to chuck me in, learn to swim, mainly just for the safety side of it, because we obviously had that creek just behind us. Then uh, just kept on going through the usual, you know, learn to swim progression. Then I was doing uh, squad training with Ben Talent here at First Stroke Swim School. Then he wanted me to join the club and I absolutely hated change and still sort of do. So I was pretty reluctant and I pretty much said no. I was probably only like seven or something at the time, but um, and I reckon it was a few weeks later, mum and dad said there was a, you know, fun competition. So they entered me and, you know, I did it because it was fun and I ended up uh, winning everything. <laughs> and at the end of the comp, my parents said it was actually a real competition. And so really they actually already joined me up with the Muldura Swimming Club to compete at the meet um, without without telling me. <laughs> and now this is my, what is it, 13th season, going into my 14th season Oh, in June with Muldura Swimming Club. But yeah, I'm not not the best swimmer in the world. And I've, you know, made it to states and just, just off sort of national. But yeah, that's pretty much sort, sort of briefly how I started started swimming, I guess. Wow. What an interesting start. And for your parents to notice the talent and to actually throw you in. Yeah. Good on them because <laughs> what a career it's developed out of that 13 years in the club yep yep no it's been a long time (laughs) (laughs) has it changed a lot over that time uh definitely I remember like growing up we used to have probably nearly over 100 kids and then it's definitely gone down in numbers in the size but it's starting to grow back up now which is good and that's sort of what I'm trying to go about within the club is just grow it back up to how it was when I was in as a junior pretty much so from competitive swimming and and making those times and you tell us you're not a good swimmer but you actually are where has that then developed what's your role now in regards to sport and swimming so I'm the coach at Muldura Swimming Club and then also doing well learn to swim at first stroke swim school under Ben Talent who used to obviously be my coach as well and also got a role in um, Sunraiser Academy of Sport and more just that next level sort of giving them a bit more opportunities you know that they wouldn't usually have in a regional and rural area which I think is very important. Wow so yeah from that humble start in just the learn to swim you've now going on and and I think it's amazing how you've taken your journey, but then also giving it back to the other kids in the country. I mean, from what, what I know and what I've seen, you do a lot of clinics and organise a lot of things for the kids. And you're so involved with the club, taking the kids down to events, like you are saying just before going to Ballarat with a number of them. And I think it's great to see your involvement with the kids and then taking that on because they're seeing a senior swimmer who actually spends that time in the water and is trying to achieve his own PBs but then has that opportunity and takes that time to spend it with them too. Yeah, I think it's well definitely important, especially for the older kids. As a junior, you know, within our club, there were so many different groups because we were so large as well. But, you know, you would have your state and national kids would talk to each other and they wouldn't talk to any of the juniors and, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then you know, little stuff like the club wouldn't wear club shirts and, you know, club caps at the at the local meets and all that little stuff. And I think I was only like 
oh, how old was I? I was probably only like 13 or 14 at the time. And I was trying to change all that sort of stuff, more to bring that culture of just little stuff like wearing a club shirt, sitting together at meets. And, you know, we got the club marquee out and you made sure everyone sat underneath that and, you know, cheered each other on. And looking back as a junior, you know, none of the older kids would really speak to you at all. But then now, like, you've got some of the youngest kids you know, literally hanging off your arm, and <laughs> which is good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. And you become the role model for them and hopefully inspire them like you're inspired to take over. Why do you think you were wanting to make that change at 13 at such a young age? I don't really know. Just the culture of the club, really. It just seemed a bit, there wasn't really much going on at all. You know, I think as a club, you need to, you know, just little things like just wearing your club shirt and wearing your club cap, like you should just be doing that anyway. Like, It's just interesting for me, I think, for you yeah. to show that in knowledge and that that understanding of that club culture so early and to see that it's lacking in it. I think that's amazing to be able to tick into that and take that on and really be inspired to make the change and, and not be scared off at the age of 13 to sort of stand up and say, I think this is a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Well done. Well done. Very good for that. <laughs> so over your journey and you're still quite young, so there's so much more you are going to be doing and so much more impact you'll bring into swimming, but what's the biggest lesson that you've learned so far or is there a few little ones? Probably you have to work hard and nothing is ever just given to you. You know, I think, (laughs) I think swimming is, you know, a sport that as a young age, you know, natural talent can only get you to a certain point. Then the kids who, you know, work hard, then shine after that. You know, I think then this also relates back to your workplace and all that sort of stuff is, you know, you can only, again, have so much handed to you. And, but when it gets to the crunch, you need to work hard for it. Yeah, I think that's probably the biggest lesson I've learned in, in swimming. Yeah, and I think it's a perfect one because, like you said, it's a life lesson and you've obviously learned that early and I think that's fantastic because, um, I mean, there's a lot of people that only learn that when they're 50, 60 onwards. So you've put yourself up for good stead with that. But it is a thing, I think it's in swimming that rule or that lesson is emphasised because of the fact that, yeah, your talent gets you so far, but if you're not putting the training in, you're not putting the hard yards in, the practice in, you can only go so far. And we see that in regards to the ones that are winning really young and doing quite well and then they drop off, their talent drops off, they get out of their sport and then it's those ones that we're getting second, third and fourth and now the ones that are showing through at a later time and if they just keep commitment to it, then they come out later. Yep, definitely, that's right. Yeah, very well said and I think I'm, I'm glad swimming offers that lesson to a lot of people because otherwise it wouldn't be there. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> What's been the highlight of your swimming journey so far? Probably 2018. I had probably my best year, I'd say. So I was on a bit of a roll with, with swimming that year. So I was you know, getting quite a lot of qualifying times, a lot of PBs made the Victorian team for School Sports Victoria. 
what I was, I was yeah, won the Young Volunteer of the Year Award in Victoria from Vic Sport. Plus also I was doing my first year of VCE that year, so that was pretty challenging. Wow. <laughs> um, and then probably the best meet that I went to that year was in Broken Hill, which is even more remote than Mildura, which is about three hours up in New South Wales. It was the South Australian Country Championships where I did something crazy. I think it was like 19 events in like three days and got a medal in every single one of those events, which was, which was good. Wow. That's amazing. What a year. Yes, that was a good year. I love that you just added, oh, yeah, plus first year VCE. Like, just to add everything else on, we're all sitting there at VCE going, crap, this is hard, let alone doing all of that sport. That's amazing. Congratulations with that. Thank you. So that shows how much hard work you've put into the sport and into yourself and the dedication you have and, wow, to reap the benefits now and to have someone like you involved in the Majora Swimming Club. I mean, I, I couldn't think of anyone better to be able to support the club and bring it into a new age. Yeah, that's right. That's nice. Good. Wow, that's blown me out to know that you did all that in one year. Fantastic. So has there been anyone in your journey or a few people that have played a big role as a, a mentor for you? Well, I've had quite a few people put a lot of well, time to me, but I'm sure he'll love his name being mentioned here, but probably uh, Ben Ben Talent. <laughs> so I started with him when I was around probably five, I think. So pretty much when he first started his business in Mildura, then continued under his coaching until he stopped coaching in 2013. And then in 2017, I think it was, he then well became my boss at First Stroke Swim School. And he's always sort of said to me that he's always here to chat, you know, if something's going on with the coaching, you know, to offer advice based on his experiences as well, which is nice. I'm only young. He's been in the sport for quite a while as well. So it's good to have a bit of guidance there. Yep, that's brilliant. And for him to share that with you and to, well, he's seen you develop. He's seen you go on that whole journey from a learn to swim student to a coach and now an employee and, what a, a backing to have someone take you on as an employee as well when you've spent that much time with them. I think it emphasises, I say when I do courses a lot, that as a, a swim teacher, you become a sort of significant person in someone's life, you know, especially if they come weekly. For lessons, you're seeing them as much as you're seeing a lot of significant people. So that really shows that having him as your instructor and then continuing on he's made the impact in your life and and now from that you've been able to give it back yeah I think also just having that good swimmer coach relationship as well but then yeah that's that's always nice to have a good relationship there yeah all right well I'll have to contact Ben and see if we can get him on the podcast and see if he says anything different (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh god he's probably got some few stories there yeah. <laughs> hey i'd like to yeah. hear them that'd be quite funny <laughs> next time in maduro doing courses i'll find it all out <laughs> so what advice would you give to a, a new swim teacher or coach coming into the industry um probably the best advice i have is to have a willingness to learn <laughs> you know don't assume that you know everything especially, you know, if someone offers you some help, take it on board. You know, some people will think, you know, oh, it's criticism that, you know, they're putting me down, whatever, like, no, 
they're, they're helping you become, you know, a better swim teacher or a better coach, whatever it is. And, and also, you know, just put yourself out there. Eventually we'll be taken note of, I guess. Yeah. And that's very, very good. Putting yourself out there and always then is, you know, one thing I'm finding in swimming, there's always something new coming out, something new to learn. I'm always expanding what I know and you are as well, because I think if you don't, you get left behind and in your role as a coach and building up the club, it's not going to help the club if you get left behind. Yeah, Um, that's right. I know like that's probably one of the biggest, because I obviously started coaching quite young. I probably took on quite a bit when I was probably like 15 or 16. I was coaching quite a few times a week. And at that age, I was just a 15, 16 year old thinking that he knew everything. We did this clinic and then, this coach come up and I'm just like, oh my God, I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> I know barely anything. And then that's sort of why I do, you know, give, try and give everyone a bit, bit more opportunities up here as well. So then even the kids and also myself can, you know, can learn. That's why I try and do as many clinics, you know, with some big name coaches as we can up here. I think like I came up with that one you organised for Ian Pope and just seeing and recently coming up and running the competitive strokes course for you guys, seeing what Ian Pope talked about and what you took on board and then you putting that in your own interpretation for the kids to use. And I think that was really good to know that you are listening and taking on that information. You've given the kids and yourself an opportunity. They learnt so much out of having Ian Pope up there. But then you've also then developed that into your own teaching and your own lesson as well. So I think that's really good to see his work being shared around. And you're doing that a lot with different coaches coming up and running different sessions. And I think it it takes people like you to build swimming in regional and rural Victoria because there's a lot of people out there that have the means and talk the talk but don't actually walk the walk they don't organize this stuff they don't take the opportunities and a lot of people in metro are willing to help us out but if we don't put our foot forward and you know take the first step and build those opportunities ourselves then we can't sit there and complain when it doesn't happen yeah that's right and obviously you know there's such a big difference with swimming in you know metro compared to you know your country and rural areas like as much as they say that there that there might not be, they're they're hundred and ten percent there is. <laughs> Very true, and it, it doesn't take much to notice it. I just think you've got to be willing to notice it, but then also willing to make a change. There's so many people out there that, yeah, like I said, talk the talk and complain and complain and complain, but then actually don't make the difference in it and yeah, don't put themselves right. out there. So we are lucky as an industry to have someone like you who's happy to stand up and make a difference but we are also then lucky the fact that you can make a, a, a job out of that and you know benefit sport in Madura but also benefit yourself in regards to be able to make an income from it and I think you know setting up those opportunities is up to businesses it's up to our big wigs our bigger companies to be able to offer that in sport to other people but it's also I think up to the country people the ones that want to show the dedication to be able to you know start businesses and things like that themselves yeah definitely yeah good work so for you personally what does swimming look like into the future uh (laughs) well for me for my swimming myself oh geez I'm not too sure you know I still love 
you know, obviously training and competing. I'm still doing it. I'm 20, 20 now. You know, I'll still continue it. And but just you know, at what level? Don't know yet. Like I'll still try and do my states and countries. Like 100 do like country championships and stuff like that. But I, you know, I did always say after we host countries up here in Mildura next year in January that might be my last hurrah but then I'll mainly focus on the coaching and development of the club but in saying that (laughs) I've been getting quite a few large PBs lately so you know my time might might not be up just yet. (laughs) I love that that's brilliant you gotta make a comeback and come back for more. (laughs) Maybe we'll see. Maybe (laughs) You could be an Olympian just yet, don't worry. There's uh, the Bronte girl from WA. What is she, 36 yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. yeah, puts me to shame. I'm 36 and there's no way I'm going to the Olympics. But, yeah, she's going back for a third. So, Josh, you're still young. Keep at it. We'll, we would like to see a Madura country swimmer at the Olympics. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> just to put the extra pressure on you. <laughs> Uh, and that's good. And it's I like the fact that you're taking it year by year or you've got the willing to be able to push yourself a bit further. But on the other hand, you know that, you know, if it doesn't all come together, that you're happy to take that step back from competing and take on that coaching role full time and work more on that. So I think that's a, definitely a, a show of a good athlete that you're ready to bow out gracefully when needed. But, you know, you're still showing good times and I suppose, a good interest in the sport as well. So to be able to continue. Yeah, that's right. And I think well, last year, where was it? I think it was in Murray Bridge, I think it was. I was there in South Australia for the country championships and I was doing my 200 metres breaststroke and I was at the the 150 metre mark and I was coming first and I pushed off, did my split stroke and then I come up for my first stroke and my groin went oh. and I ended up, Ended up coming fourth, which I was pretty filthy about. But and then swam, obviously swam the rest of the rest of the lap. And then I got out and I yeah stepped on my left foot, stepped on my right foot, and I literally fell to the ground because my yeah because I had a it was very bad groin injury. Pretty much, I came home, went to the physios, and they pretty much just told me that I can't do breaststroke anymore. Well, they don't want me to do breaststroke anymore. And this, all I'm thinking is like, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do breaststroke because still kept going. Yeah. And that was sort of where I got in my mind that Vic countries in Mildura will sort of be my last sort of meet because did that injury there. But then we obviously we had to postpone it to next year for COVID. And then, you know, I, I think COVID last year was definitely a blessing little bit of a blessing in disguise because it let me rest and do a bit of rehab on my groins as well which then um you know I went to a meet a few weeks ago or like a few weeks ago January it was um feels like a few weeks ago (laughs) and um I think I got yeah about a two second pb off my 100 breaststroke time which I haven't been able to hit for about what was it so about two or three years which was which was nice to get that brilliant and I think that's it. Sometimes you get those injuries that really pivot your career and make you stop and think. And like you said, you know, in a positive light, COVID's given you that opportunity to rest and recuperate um, and come back better than ever. I th- yeah. think that's fantastic. Yeah. You've taken that opportunity. Yeah, so no, tell us good. a bit more about your role in developing Vic countries for 2021 in Madura. Uh, oh, no, 2022, sorry. 
Yes, to, it was yeah. 2021. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, what's been your big role there and and why did you want to, I suppose, apply to have Vic Countries in Madura? So, yeah, I'm the uh, event coordinator for the 2022 Victorian Country Long Course Championships, which we're hosting in January next year. So pretty much we sort of felt like we weren't really on sort of the radar of you know swimming victoria we just sort of felt like we were we were there and you know that was really it we sort of wanted to be put back on the map and you know to the other clubs as well sort of see like oh you know oh Mildura's well for starters actually in victoria because half, <laughs> half of the people think we're in new south wales <laughs> so you know just put us back on the map and actually know that do have swimming going up up here in Mildura and it is a lot of work. Didn't realise it was going to be this much, but we put ourselves up for the challenge, so we're going for it. So yeah, it's going to be going to be a good meet. So should be hot. Should be <laughs> hot. Yes, least. it will be very. Yeah, that's going to be. You're going yeah. to have all the pools open and the river open, so we can all jump in and cool down. Yeah, but I think definitely. that's amazing. And we were discussing the other week when I was up there about your hopes that bringing the major event at up to Madura, how that will then develop your club. Can you share a bit of that that we spoke about? Yeah, so I've always sort of said, like, obviously, you know, as a coaching point of view, we'd love to get as many kids as we can qualified. Like I've said from the start, when we put the application in, like I don't care how many kids we've got. I'm looking more at a post-country's point of view with, you know, especially coming out of the Olympics as well, where, you know, the sport gains the most publicity and attraction and then a few months later we're hosting the country championships here in Mildura you know we then get even more publicity around around the sport and you know kids will should hopefully pop up from the woodworks wanting to join the club and you know then then grow the sport in years to come so we're more looking at as a few years down the track to to grow the club up wow that blows my mind and the immaturity you show there in regards to wanting to develop it and taking these opportunities exactly what we've been saying taking those opportunities to then develop the club and develop the sport in Madura and really see it build to have that maturity to see the future of that and what these opportunities can give I think that's amazing and you should be proud of yourself for the effort you've put in and it does take a long struggle and it is a big commitment to run these events. But the effort you put in is going to be seen on the day. We're going to have so many people from, you know, down south of the state actually having to take the time is to come run? up. Literally <laughs> 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 yeah. It'll be great yep. um, for once for everyone to come up and see you. And I think if Qantas better put some more planes on to Majuro, yeah. it might be the, the easiest way to get up there, I think, for a lot. Yes. But that maturity and to put that in and I cannot wait for the party afterwards. I think that would be amazing to see the effort you've put in and then be able to celebrate it afterwards. Yeah, definitely. It will be good, man. I still remember when we first got announced. We were in Warrnambool for the 2020 countries where we got announced as the host for 2021. But obviously due to COVID, we um, postponed it because we wanted to do, you know, we wanted to do the full event, not a, you know, half, half-assed one hopefully I can say that on your podcast yes definitely. <laughs> that's fine um and you know everyone's sort of reaction was like oh Mildura, you know Mildura is so far away and then we just that was sort of another reason why 
you know, we wanted to wanted to do it again to see that we have to still travel, you know, so so many hours. But I guess you know we are sort of used to it though. But you know, it would be so nice just to sleep in our own beds at night. Probably I won't be doing much sleeping that weekend. But um, <laughs> you know, just get to get to go home, have your dinner at home, and yeah, be good. Yeah, and to share that, I think, with your wider family and all the your club having, even the ones that aren't competing, having them there to cheer you on. And can you just promise me, though, that I'm gathering you're going to be swimming, that you actually take the time to concentrate on yourself too? <laughs> That's what the committees all said as well. They've all said, all right, Josh, we're going to give it a week before. Everyone's, everything's going to be done and you're going to just the whole weekend, you're just going to be focusing on your swimming. But... Yep. You know, of course, I'll definitely be focusing on my swimming, but, you know, I'm sure there'll probably be the odd job that will pop up over the weekend that, you know, I'll probably need a need a help out in every now and again. But, yeah, definitely be swimming, which will be which will be good because I've always wanted to, um, we've always spoken about it as a kid, you know, wanting to have a home countries and, yeah, it would be good. Yeah, it'd be brilliant. It's going to be such a big showcase. And I really hope that if there are any of the, the swimming big wigs listening to this, that they support yourself and Madura after the event as well with your campaign to build numbers and to be able to bring that back in. So definitely, I think it's something that we lack in Australia. We get that interest before Olympics. If they do well, it continues for a little bit. If they don't do well, then we pull them over the coals and shred them to bits, unfortunately. Yeah. But I think then it just disappears. We need to make sure we tie into that and continue it. So taking a leaf out of your book and looking for those opportunities further down. Yep, yep, definitely. Good work. So my last question is always a bit of a, a doozy, but how do you think we can as individuals and an industry promote and develop swimming and encourage more participants in competitive swimming, but to do that in a way where we don't have the funding or big money coming in, how can we do it without that funding? So, good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Probably, I think, especially in country areas, you know, we we rely heavily on volunteers, not discrediting Metro or anything, but they obviously have their fair share of volunteers, but, you know, some of them are employed and all that sort of stuff as well within the club. But, you know, especially in country areas, rely heavily on volunteers. And I think it's all about finding someone who will actually do the legwork to promote and develop the sport. And so, you know, not many people have the passion or, you know, even the time, obviously, with their own work and life as well um but i think definitely more media coverage trying to get out there in the papers and especially like i said in the olympic year you know that's when the sport gains the most traction and then we can sort of just ride that wave happens every four years obviously this time it's five years that we just get you know an increase in numbers and especially also around like school swimming school swimming's massive like we've our club has literally doubled the size in the like 100% doubled in size since probably I think it's February so um, just school swimming and we just got out there in the papers and you know did quite a lot of yeah media coverage and I think as well some of the results like we had got Willem Allen who's just who just moved away to Melbourne but um you know he went away to 
nationals and got quite good times there and made I think he made a final there, which was good. But yeah, I think it's just seeing those results, especially in a small country area where there's not many clubs and yeah. Yeah, it makes a difference. And that's amazing that that whole one thing of pool swimming and they've seen, you know, the amazing efforts and results that your club swimmers are getting. It's inspired them to then continue and join in with the swim club. It is definitely media getting ourselves out there because we all live in our own little bubbles. And if it doesn't pop up in our face through media, we you know don't know about a lot of stuff. Speaking of school sports, like my daughter here, in our little country town, the Catholic school that they go to, the kids go and do lawn bowls because one of the teachers in lawn bowls was yep. on Facebook, the Vic School Sports. They have a lawn bowls competition for Vic schools. I went, I didn't know anything about that. How would you know about that until it came up on Facebook? Yep. Now I'm right. pushing for the kids here to, you know, get involved. You know, things like that, it, it has to come into your face before you see it. I think a lot of people since COVID and stuff like that have, I suppose, gone away from a lot of that mainstream media. It gets depressive. And so we have to put it out there. And it's a certain amount of, you know, we read all the time, a certain amount of touch points before people actually register what they're taking in. So if we can give that to them and give those opportunities in their face on their phone or or wherever, um, it's something that, yeah, we definitely need to do as an industry more. Yeah, definitely. And I think, well, is the new age of, you know, everything is on is on your phone and on Facebook and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, especially on Facebook, I think that's where you need to, where you promote majority of your stuff. And I think, you know, a lot of your participants come from, you know, either parents that are ex-swimmers as well, and they sort of get their kids into the club. But um you know, not everyone is an ex-swimmer and that doesn't work, you know, all the time. And like I said, yeah, getting into the media, doing that sort of stuff then promotes it. Yeah, yeah. It just puts it out there and I think that's fantastic. You've taken that opportunity and that, that knowledge and share it and you've got a fantastic opportunity with your other role to be able to share that and use that information. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you, Josh, for coming on. It's been amazing seeing you develop. I mean, we've known each other for, what, a couple of years now or just sort of slight contact, gotten to know each other more lately. But it's amazing to see the person that you're becoming and the involvement you have in sport. We're lucky to have you here in regional rural Victoria. And I think that's the main thing I really wanted to showcase was your career, but also your maturity and the way you look forward to how we can develop the sport and what you can do with it. And I hope from this people learn and take the opportunities but also make those connections with you in regards to helping Madura and expand and, yeah, develop a a really great 2022, now I've got it right, Vic Countries. And I really can't wait to see all your hard work come to fruition for Vic Countries. Yeah, no, it should should be good and... Yeah, looking forward to all the future of the club anyway, which which is nice. It's definitely growing, which is all you can ask for, I guess, which is good. Yeah, that's right. Yep, definitely need it to grow and, yeah, continue on. Put that impact back in has been made for you as well. Yep, yep, definitely. Beautiful.